Welcome to Habs Unfiltered. This independent podcast is featured on the Hockey Writers and iHeartRadio, bringing you honest and unfiltered entertainment and discussion on the Montreal Canadiens and hockey news. Your hosts, Matt Smith, Treg Wilson, and Blaine Putney are proud to be one of your trusted sources. If you are talking about it, so are we. Welcome to Habs Unfiltered. Habs Unfiltered is featured on The Hockey Writers and iHeartRadio. This podcast brings you honest and in-depth hockey discussion and entertainment. Our hosts, Matt Smith, Treg Wilson, and Blaine Pudvay, are proud to be one of your trusted sources for Habs and hockey news. If you are talking about it, so are we. And welcome to Habs Unfiltered, episode 171, uh, the post-Stanley Cup final episode. I am your host, Blaine Putvay. I'm joined now by my co-host, Matt Smith. Good morning. And Treg the Hammer Wilson. Hello. So the final didn't end up the way we wanted. The uh, Evil Empire won, and the Canadians uh, come out as the second best team in the NHL this year. Yeah. Well, the Campbell Bowl winners. Yeah, uh, there's, there's nothing. Uh, honestly, this this team gave the uh, Canadians fans quite a bit to be proud of this year and to look forward to. Um, losing in the final to a team like Tampa is not. It's not embarrassing. So, I mean, it's not like Montreal was up three one in a series and then choked. That never happens. No, never happens. So, uh, Montreal will not make the playoffs next year. Just look at their team. Just look at their team. It's terrible. Bergevin's going to think this team is the the greatest ever, not make any moves whatsoever. And, uh, yeah, you know, winning, winning a playoff spot in a condensed season, uh, with realigned divisions against only Canadian teams. And then going on a run in the playoffs doesn't make this team a contender or any good, really. What makes a team good to great is to miss the playoffs in a play-in round, then lose in the first round, and not even win a President's Trophy in the regular season. That's what makes a team great. But Matthews won the uh, Richard Trophy. And he's only 23 and going to get better. So all their young players are going to get better. This is why Toronto is going to be awesome next year. None of Montreal's young players are going to get better. No. They're not going to make any moves. 
They're all Nothing's going to the NHL. They're all going to the NHL. But you know, it, it's hard to hear them from three weeks in the past. What we should be, uh, we're going to just get started here uh, with something very serious. Uh, the official apology to all of the hockey world for Montreal fans celebrating an overtime win in the Stanley Cup final. Um, on behalf of Habs Unfiltered, I put this out on YouTube and I'd like to repeat it. We are sincerely sorry for having any excitement whatsoever on a playoff win in overtime in the final. It's uncalled for. It's never happened ever in the history of the NHL and it should never happen again. Matt, what do you think? Like you hit the nail right on the head. Like we are yeah. just deeply sorry. Like this this playoff run brought so brought together so many generations of fans and uh, you know really rejuvenated uh, how we look at the uh, the franchise and the moves that were made by Bergevin. But God forbid anybody be excited about it. And, you know, and keeping in mind too that with everybody who has been cooped up for the last eighteen months due to a pandemic there's still no reason to be excited to be outside of your home or in a group of people. Uh, it's, it's, it's just, it's disgusting. I, I can't believe it happened. Um, and, and looking at the celebrations that Tampa Bay had after their Stanley cup win, uh, it sets the example. You look around the arena as Shantad Maccabee did about an hour after the Stanley cup final was completed and Tampa had won their second straight in impressive fashion. I mean, Tampa has a strong team and they, they really, they really took it. And, and I mean, definitely earned a, yet another Stanley cup championship. And you watch their, their celebration outside the arena after that win that sets the example, not a soul was seen. That's how that you celebrate. That's like there was a hurricane that went through there. But it, it didn't. <laughs> the hurricane missed. It went. Exactly. Uh, its track changed. Exactly. Chantel Maccabee was there. Yes. Yeah, we were just mentioning that while you stepped out for a second. Yeah. Um, My comparing. Puppy got excited, so yeah. I had to <laughs> put it on a pad. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, no. The uh, the difference in celebrations between uh, Montreal winning a game and Tampa winning a cup it it, it explains why. Kucherov would take a shot and we can move into that now so the Kucherov let's see the Kucherov quote goes the fans in Montreal acted like they won the Stanley Cup last game are you kidding me are you kidding me their final was last round so um, I mean people want the unvarnished comments from athletes and that's what we got and i don't i really don't give two shits that he took a shot at the habs fans but <clears throat> what what kind of stands out for me is he kind of takes a shot at the canadians the players themselves by saying that the last round was their stanley cup uh yeah he does i, I was more concerned about and I thought it was disrespectful what he said about Mark Andre Fleury and oh uh, yes and stuff like that. Uh, I'm like you. I really don't care what he said about the fans and that. Yeah. I, re- I doesn't whatever. Um, like we sure just mocked he, him incessantly for 
for saying that like it's a dumb comment to begin with it is i mean eh. but i mean i'm pretty sure he was drunk off two bud light american bud light so it wasn't even alcohol and near beer and uh my uh my son thought he was sniffing cocaine because he was sniffing his nose the whole time. But uh, it could have been all the the beer got up in there too, right? Like they uh, whatever. I'm, I mean, I don't think it was that. But uh, um, but I was more, uh, uh, you know, not upset, but I was more like, man, that's kind of disrespectful. Like when he talked about Mark Andre Fleury and he was called him what's his name. Yeah, you know, like Mark Andre Fleury has been a a consistent top end goalie in the league for what a 12, Hall of Fame goalie oh, his whole career. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, for him to disrespect him like that because his goalie didn't win is, uh, you know, and props to Vasilevsky. He's a great goalie. Like, don't get me wrong. He, he's a Vesna yep. candidate, but Marc-Andre won. Marc-Andre had a good year. He, he, he was the guy that, that won the trophy. Get over it. Move on, right? Uh, what did you win, Kucherov, besides Stanley Cup? But what did you win? Nothing. In the regular season, he won uh, the team $9.5 million in cap space. There you go. See, like, <laughs> but anyway, that's, that's, I might add, that's a stupid argument. They followed the goddamn rules. Correct. Let that be. Just <laughs> let, let it die. be. Same with the goalie gear. Veseleski's goalie gear is regulation goalie gear. Prairie Price just wears smaller gear. It's just that's where the, the that's where the nine and a half million dollar players were in the gear. <laughs> <laughs> they were just like, yeah, yeah, save, save, right? So. <laughs> Right, that's what I'm just saying. Right, so it's like oh, oh, it's but- going over his shoulder. Is that was that a hand? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> no, props to honestly, props to uh, Vasilevsky. He's a great goalie. Oh yeah, yeah. he's going to win think, many. I Vestas. think I think people were blowing that up a little bit too. But right? uh, but the the comment itself from Kucherov, where he takes the shot at, at Montreal, the fan part, like I said, I don't care. But he took he he took a shot at the players, and that's going to have an effect down the line because next yeah. season these two teams are in the same division yeah. don't don't tell me that if kucherov is actually healthy and playing next season that he is not going to be a target from the players well somebody else will go on ltir so they can make more money again i don't know whose turn is at this time but according to cooper they're not all going to be there next year so oh, they, and they shouldn't and they shouldn't that. be they don't they can't they like unless they take drastic pay cuts the team should look the team should look different but you, gotta, but, you, but you but you gotta look at the way Tampa is, the way Florida is, et cetera. They've got stacked teams. Like the Florida Panthers have a very good team. Tampa's got a really good team. But um, they're interesting places for people to go because of the state taxes. Like you make more of your money. Well, they only have, right? like, as of, according to Cap Friendly, they got, <clears throat> I think they've got 17 players signed for next season, and they're already three and a half million over the cap. Yeah. <laughs> so, so they're going to have to come. Something's they got to make some changes. Yeah. Well. What do what, they have to have 21 on their roster or something like that? No, you can have 18. All right. So they got to sign one more guy who's going to pay them, to, who's got to pay them three and a half million dollars to play. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Done. Well, like back to the, uh, back to the interview and everything. It's just, you're, you're right. It's, it's, it's nice to see. It's nice to see athletes kind of being a little bit unfiltered and stuff like that, but there's, there's a line. Yeah. However, the NHL is not going to say anything because it's bringing in clicks. It's going to bring in views. It's going to bring in this. We're still like, we're talking about it now. And, you know, we're getting, we don't, we're pretty, we're a pretty big deal. So, um, 
Totally. So, but you know, but you know, TSN was all over it. Sportsnet was all over it. ESPN was all over it. Everyone, you know, everyone's covering this and it's, it it, it just, it it model, it just, when, when you talk about growing the game and everything like that, like they did that whole Kess's house thing. And we talked about this on on the show with uh, Ryan Kessler and a few, a few people calling out uh, JJ Watt for, being a fan of Caulfield and saying, Oh, th- that was just your PR person. You don't know anything about hockey, et cetera. And like, it just, it, it just paints it in a negative way. And then you see something like this and they're all for it. And then they diss Dino eating pizza. And then they go out and they hire this fucking TikToker, uh, Josh Richards, that the first day that he's out there, he walks out, does his little rap thing, does the old, double fuck you single with his hands and then says fuck the Habs and it's like first thing and they're like we're trying to grow the game for youth like it it just like well the thing is it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't paint the picture that you're trying to grow the game for the youth you're throwing in stuff like that oh no they're growing the game for the youth they're bringing some sleep some uh Bieber wannabe off TikTok right and it's kids love that right it's ridiculous right and then for everyone to like call out Dino for eating pizza and how terrible that is and everything well that's that's our next subject right it's it's, it's stupid well let's just roll right into that so um i mean eating pizza after a series is done i mean that is wrong pizzas are for the elites only uh it's disrespecting others by eating pizza i mean what are the toppings have they been approved by the NHL? <clears throat> what about what about Toronto? How does that affect Toronto? Like these Toronto are, wasn't these allowed are to eat pizza. Things. Problem with Toronto is you can only get pizza after the first round, so they never knew this happened. They were like, "What? You get pizza?" Uh, and I'm pretty sure you had pineapples on it, which I'm all for. Um, so that that pissed a lot of people off too. I mean. I mean, what do you the say Italians about a food? What do you say about a food that is a circle cut into triangles and placed into a square box? That is so wrong in so many ways. I mean, it's disrespectful to eat during the interview, and uh, but it's all right. It's all right to call out a team's fans and their team and every other player and pretty much say they're trash because their players right. are better. That's perfectly okay. While drinking alcohol with no shirt on. Correct. Yeah. I mean. That is kid-friendly well, right there. I think Kucherov was trying to have his Ovechkin moment. That's what I think he was trying to do. I'd take he, Drunk Ovechkin a thousand times. Right, because Drunk Ovechkin was an obliterated idiot. Well, he was he just was, swimming in pools. He was a obliterated idiot, but in a fun way. <laughs> Ovechkin's I a mean, fun drunk. I mean, he's he an angry drunk. He was drunk the, NHL, the NHL got their sound bits. They got their yeah. they got their moment in the sun. They're gonna they're gonna blow this up as much as you can. And, and, and it was a little bit. I'm not gonna na- drop any names there, but there were some analysts that I would have thought a little bit more of that uh, that kind of highlighted this. They're like, oh, look how awesome this is, and they're like, oh well. If it was the thing is, if 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 it would if we would have flipped the script. And that would have been a Canadians player doing it. How would, would people have been freaking out about it? A little right? bit more, I think. A little more bit less, more. Yeah. Well, more especially less. the Leaf fans. Like right? so. Leaf, Leaf fans keep going about how we're in their head, but they not they have nonstop talked about the Montreal yeah. Canadiens. 
Yeah. All playoffs. No, you know what? There's some there's some tr- tremendous Leaf fans out there. There's some yeah. tremendous Jets fans out there. There's some tremendous Golden Knights fans out there. But some of the arguments that I've seen through Twitter, I've just kept away from it because I'm just like, the, the, it, is, it is so, you just need to type a couple words and like their argument just goes away. But then they don't stop. <laughs> is those couple right. of words uh, first round choke? Oh, no, not really. Well, here, here's an example. With and I, all I did was quote something she said, and she's a famous, infamous, well, fam- infamous. Not really famous, but uh, um, of course I can't find it. But uh, basically, she went on, and I'll, I'll say her name: Leaf Lindsay or Lindsay Leaf or something to that effect. And anyway, she went on and said uh, something about. Uh, oh, here it is. Dude, they finished 18th this year in a weak North Division. So here's my first question. If the North Division was so weak, maybe that's why your team did so well in the regular season, because every other team was shitty, as you would say. So maybe your team's not as good as you think it is because it played in a weak division. Never thought of that. In a shortened season, you seriously think they'll make it when they're back in the division with Tampa, Leafs, Bruins, Panthers, even since we're performing better than them down the stretch. All right. Not to say before uh, she was going on about uh, at least we'll make the playoffs next year, not you guys won't. So here was I said. I said, so you're assuming the young guys don't get better, that the Habs don't sign anyone to improve the team. You're basing everything entire on what they did in the regular season this this year. And injuries and schedule can't be a factor because it's just an excuse, right? Now, that's not reasonable. Like, so basically, if you come out with – well, we had seven of our top players injured and we had to play four games a week. Oh, well, that's just an excuse. It's not an excuse because it affects your team and it affects how well your team's going to be. But it, and they still make also, the playoffs. It also affects your team the next season because with all those players back and healthy and you playing on a regular schedule, your team's probably going to be better. Yeah. The one, the one that pissed me off, or not pissed me off, the one that made me laugh. It kind of pissed me off, but it made me laugh at the same time. Um, was the one with the comparisons of the points, like the points per game one. Oh, that's that Parsons guy. Whatever. I don't, I don't even. <laughs> He's but, a complete idiot. But it was like, oh, well, Suzuki got this many points per game and Marner got this many. And I'm like, Suzuki played 22 games. Marner played seven. It's a, it's yeah. a small it's a small sample size like you can't you can't do a comparison based on that like one guy plays one game and gets a hat trick and then one guy plays 25 it's look, like at saying, of, look at his points per game though or look at his goals per game yeah oh but wait a minute what about points per 60 which is my favorite stat to use oh i know points per 60 is this yeah that's because he's gustison and played two minutes and got one point yeah <laughs> on the power play <laughs> On the power. And it went off a foot. <laughs> so I, I, you know, people like that, I mean, we, you have to you have to put out because the, the logic is thrown out the window. Everything about their team is the way it's going to be, but your team's not going to progress like that because it's not their team. I and, think it has a lot to do with the fact it's the Montreal Canadiens. And a lot of people really hate Montreal because they've had success in the past. And seeing them have success again hurts them. Like you... Uh, just look at how those same people reacted a few years ago when the Predators eked their way into a playoff spot on the last day as the last seed. 
and then went on their playoff run. They made the Stanley Cup final as the last seed on the last day, make the final, lose, and then the following, they are now the perennial Stanley Cup favorites. They are, look at them, they're a cup contending team. Um, you know, it's just they, they, on and on. And then you, you, switch, you flip the script and you just change the names to Montreal. And suddenly that scenario doesn't work. Because yeah, it's like they're they're yeah. missing the playoffs. No team, no team loses in the Stanley Cup final, and then comes back and does anything. Unlike all the other teams that have, exactly. a lot haven't, and no one here is going to say the Canadians are going to the Cup final again next year. Nope. But let's be let's be a little bit more honest. We're not going to declare the Canadians um, a playoff a, t- a team to miss the playoffs without knowing what the hell the roster looks like. That's right. That's right. Well, I can say that about any team. Like, I'm not going to say the Leafs are going to be better or shittier without no, they're total crap. Screw up. Without knowing who they're, <laughs> I mean, we know who their top six is going to be, but really, we have no yeah. idea what their bottom six is going to be, and that's, that's right. what's going to be the difference for Toronto. And, and we their don't goaltending. know if they're going to trade someone. We don't know if they're going to trade Riley. We don't know if they're going to trade Nylander or whatever. Or we don't if know if they're going to if they're going to sign Freddie Anderson back or just go with Campbell or we don't know. And same with Montreal. Are they bringing Deneau back? Are they bringing Tatar back? Are they? How you know this is. How does the expansion draft affect any of this? So how can you sit there and say your team's not making the playoffs next year because you finished 18th this year? All right, well, we finished 15th two years ago and didn't make the playoffs. Does that mean the teams that finished after us weren't going to make the playoffs the next year? No, they can't. No team can improve from year to year. It's impossible. That, and that's and that's my point. Like you're, you're assuming – and then the argument is, yo, well, your GM's so dumb, he's just going to not – he's going to think his team is where it's supposed to be and not do anything. I will say this. He did that before. <laughs> yeah. Well, he, I think he's learned his lesson. And that's the point I'm trying to make, but he did a lot of mistakes before that he fixed during this retool or reset or whatever the hell yeah. you want to call it. You really got to split up the, 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 his tenure into two exactly. because he right. made a ton of mistakes early, somehow kept his job. And since then has been doing for the most part, the right thing. But we only win because of Carey Price. Sorry, I'm going to make an apology. Here's my apology. I'm sorry that our superstar player showed up when it counted, unlike your superstar players. Who, I apologize. who expects a superstar to show up when right. it matters? That's why they're paid the money, to go golfing early every year. Our one superstar player showed up where your four didn't, and I'm sorry about that. <laughs> before, we, before we move on, I'll bring up one more thing the whole Canada's team thing. Okay. So people were getting pissed because news agencies and monuments around Canada were getting lit up with Canadians colors. Yeah. And they're freaking out and saying, and they're calling it Canada's team and they're this and they're that. They would have done that with any team Yeah. because Canadians, not Canadians fans are passionate about hockey. And if it would have been the Edmonton Oilers, if it would have been Vancouver, it would have been Winnipeg, any of those teams, they would have done the same thing. Well, they have done that with, with Vancouver and Calgary and Edmonton. They, you know, when they were the last remaining Canadian team, they were called Canada's team. And exactly. the news agencies said, hey, let's get behind this team and bring yeah. the cup back to Canada. Yeah. I mean, it's standard. The people, and the people complain about now were only like nine years old then. Exactly. So, yeah. and I want to give, I want to give props to the Canadians fans, to the Canadian, to the uh, Montreal Police, 
and anybody else that was out there after that after the loss for being respectful and keeping keeping the riots and keeping the other bullshit that everyone was freaking out about and everything that this was going to happen this was going to happen didn't hear a thing nope no it was pretty quiet so exactly so hats off to them and we can look forward to the next season and hopefully uh, a solid run and some and uh, some new back additions. to before we move on back to the uh, the Canada's team stuff um, the the mo- the majority of the anger that I have seen has come out of Toronto like the act- people living in Toronto and a lot of Leaf fans and to that I'm going to respond with saying you guys just had three to four weeks of about I'd say 50% of the coverage that TSN and Sportsnet dedicates to just the Leafs being switched over to the Canadians because they were on a playoff run and you can't stand it. And to that, I say, Hey guys, if you don't like it, just switch it to Leafs TV. You have that. And if anyone's wondering why I'm saying that it's because that is their response. Anytime you say a national carrier should cover all teams and they say, Hey, Switch to RDS. Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, I think – I still say I don't think they would have been as upset if it was Edmonton or Winnipeg. Uh, I think just through the no. simple – and I, I don't see where all the animosity between Montreal and Toronto is. Montreal and Toronto hasn't been a rivalry since the 70s. Hasn't been it's a not true really rivalry a rival. since the 70s. Montreal's it's rival not. is Boston. Yeah. Not Toronto. Like, they literally from the 80s to now, they literally played each other – two, three times a year until they read the Toronto came back to the East and they redid everything. And now they only, now they only play each other four or five games a year. So this whole, Oh, I hate Montreal. Why, why do you hate, do you hate Montreal because your father hated Montreal from the seventies and that's why you hate them. Yeah. You really have no reason. I don't, I personally don't hate Toronto the at least I don't. I think they're, I like their organization. Uh, I, I think they're doing well. I have nothing against if Toronto were to go to the Stanley Cup, I'll be honest, once Montreal's out, I normally don't watch. Uh, but if Toronto would have won, I would say, good for them. I hope they win. Great. I'm not going to do this whole, well, Toronto's not making the playoffs next year because uh, Marner is going to go somewhere and Matthews is going to go to Arizona. I, like, so I don't what you're saying it. is you're, you don't act like you're nine? No. Like, I don't, I just don't get it. Like, once my team's out, I'm like, Fuck. And then I just turn the TV <laughs> off and switch to baseball. You know what I mean? Like, and then I'll watch the highlights or if the game look, I turn a game on, it looks good. I'll, I'll watch it. But after my team's out, I don't give a shit what any other team does. I don't care if they win. I don't care if they lose. I really don't care. And I don't, and, and, and you're not going to go out and attack other fan bases. And I'm, I'm not going to go on Twitter and say, well, your team's only getting in there because you're lucky. Yeah. I'm going to say, wow, your team's going doing great. Good for you. Yeah. I, I, I continue watching myself. I mean, I like watching the playoffs and I like those storylines that come out, you know, like, Oh, I'm going to cheer for this player. Like I pick a player and I'm like, I want to see him do well, you know, stuff like that. It's those little things to keep you entertained. And I take these three, the normally the two to three months for the playoffs are my, my way of getting out of the honey do list. So I try and stay in watching it as long as I can. <laughs> but I just, maybe it's the adult in me, but I just don't understand why you have to trash someone else's team just because your team's not there anymore. Especially when you're not even rival team. There's no rivalry there anymore. 
I mean, I'm sure there's one building now, right? Another one building. They're but... trying to they're trying to build it up, and the media is always going to continue to build it up and everything. But when you've got a media organization, and most of the Canadian major media comes out of Toronto, and we saw with all the firings of everyone that wasn't Toronto based, which we get into when that happened. Yeah. Um, how are you really building up a rivalry? We only get one side of the story every time they talk about that team or when you, or when you have a game that's on the Canadians could be playing say the penguins and let's, we've got to compare Austin Matthews to Sidney Crosby. What do you talk about, Matt? They talk about Carey Price and Cole Caulfield every two minutes during the oh, yeah. Montreal Toronto series. It's all they yeah. talked about. Yeah. Something like that. It's all especially, they talked about. Especially when Caulfield wasn't playing for the first few yeah, games. Yeah, all they talked yeah. about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and on Caulfield, it's not just Toronto as well <clears throat> when it comes to this. So Caulfield is constantly being used as a comparison for everyone's prospects. We see it yeah. with the Robertson mm-hmm. bullshit. Yeah. And now now put uh, Pod Colson. Pod Colson, yeah. Pod Colson yeah. out of Vancouver. Like, yeah. come on. If you're using Caulfield as your comparison stick, source. yeah. Yeah. What does that say? That says he's a great prospect. But he's going to amount to nothing. It doesn't matter that he did 12 points in his last 10 games in the playoffs, which is harder to score in. That doesn't matter. He, yeah. he's, he's too small. He's not going to do anything. He's going to, at best, be a 20-goal scorer. He's definitely not someone who's clutch in the playoffs. Like, I mean, it's not like he went and got himself primary assists on game-winning goals in overtime throughout the playoffs either and look at suzuki suzuki only had a point something 0.78 or 0.6 or whatever the hell it was uh scoring rate in the regular season he'll be lucky if he's a 60 point scorer he'll be lucky let's forget about the fact that he you know like oh anderson sucks what's all the hate with anderson i know i know we're getting off subjects here but why why is everyone hating on anderson I know Toronto hates on Anderson because they wanted him and didn't get him. Um, yeah. But I find a lot of Habs hate on Anderson too. They, like, they they hate him not just because they wanted him, but that they're about to lose their power forward in Hyman. Yeah. And I don't blame them for being angry about losing Hyman. That's I like he's Hyman. a good player. I, th- I think Hyman was, is a, is a, he was a good guy to slot in with Matthews and. He's uh, going to he's going to Edmonton. You heard it. You heard it here first. There are rumors Ooh. of him going to Edmonton. Yeah, just a. <laughs> Matt just started it. <laughs> Which brings me to rumors. There are rumors Ooh. for the Canadians now. And oh, shit. Oh yeah. damn. Oh. What? What? The season just ended and there's already trade rumors. You don't say. Players want to go to Montreal. What? <laughs> so the latest one. <clears throat> pardon me. The latest one, and I think this is utter bullshit, but the latest one is uh Seth Jones coming to Montreal. This one. In return. Kotkaniemi and Romanov. No. So value-wise, that makes sense. It does. It makes sense value-wise, especially from Columbus's point of view. They need a center. Kotkaniemi fits. They need some help on defense when he's gone. Romanov fits that. And value-wise, that's about where you would think Seth Jones would be. But uh, he is right-handed. There's no space on there. Not unless they move Weber down to a third pair, which I can't see happening just yet. 
also he's he's going to be an RFA and he's going to want a lot more money. Whereas those two, KK and Romanov, are going to be affordable for the next three to four years. The thing with that is uh, he's already kind of made it clear that he doesn't want to do a sign and trade. He wants, he wants to, test to test. The, he wants to test the waters, right? Yeah. So, first of all, he needs to be okay. And if it was any scenario, he'd need to be okay with it. And I think the only way a team is going to do it is if they do a sign and trade, knowing that he's likely to walk after the season to try to get paid more. That's right. And there's going to be plenty of suitors. Like you've got, you look at a, you look at Jones. He's a 26 year old defenseman who can put up 40, 50 points easily with, on, on the right team. And he's done it with he, if he's done it with Columbus, he's going to do it with a good team. He's also stated now this is a rumor as well, but he also stated that he's not interested in going to Canada as well. So that is that is one of the uh, the bigger rumors. He wants to stay yeah. down in the U.S. Stay in the U.S. So um, Seth Jones probably won't become the Tarasenko. I think would be a good addition to Montreal if they can find a way. That's to another get rumor. Him. That's the second one that's yeah. come up. And uh, Rutherford from the Athletic mentioned Montreal as a possible destination for Tarasenko in his latest article. Yeah. And, uh, but seven and a half million over the next two years, that's a lot of money. Yeah. You'd have to, I mean, I'm going to do the normal, uh, uh, Facebook trade and say Paul Byron, Ryan Paling, and some other bum on the team is going to go for Tarasenko is an interesting, uh, an interesting point. So he's making seven and a half on the cap, but his actual salary is nine and a half. So it would make sense for a rich team to say, yeah, sure, no problem. And it could lower his value. So you could see the Blues take on some cap in return or eat that cap space if they were to get something that they like in return. My problem is his health. He's a great player, but, you know, 10, 10 games last year, and I just threw it up this year, 24 games this year. Yeah, but this year, the injury was not a shoulder. It was a lower body injury. Well, but it's still injuries. Like, you're getting a guy who... When he's, when he's he? healthy, he's what healthy. He, 30, 29? 30 goal scorer. He's, uh, he'll, he's 29. Yeah. yeah. He'll be 30. He'll be 30 in December. So you're getting a 29-year-old who has history issues, starting probably the downswing of his career. Yeah. And how much left does he have on his contract? Two years. Two years left. Uh, actually, that's not too too bad, I guess. Yeah. Uh, but who are you going to give up for him? Like, well, with the cap, uh, the cap being what it is, if they, and they said they don't want futures, they want players that can play now. So they're going to have to either take a big downgrade and take some futures with that player. That's the downgrade, yeah. or they're going to have to eat most of that cap. I can't see so, either happening. I'm just trying to see who drew in maybe for Montreal. That would be a good fit. Montreal drew in a draft pick to go to uh, to uh, um, St. Louis. Yeah, because Tarasenko demanded a trade out. Uh, drew, I'm going to say right now, never requested a trade. No, at all. So he just needs to get out. Like for his <clears throat> for his benefit, trading him out would work. So for that scenario and he goes to a different conference that would be a good fit i think yeah and i, I you know and again i'm not trying to get rid of drew and i'm not trying no. to whatever just I'm when just you're saying... writing articles i get it <laughs> <laughs> yes i hate drew 
I should start writing articles about Mete. Anyway, uh, I did that for you, Matthew, because I bring up Mete every episode and he calls me out on it. <laughs> um, I, I just think that would be the best fit because I'm just trying to think who could Montreal give up that plays now. Uh, that's not really, I mean, Cotton Yemi comes to mind, but I don't think St. Louis wants a center. They already have a whole no, shit. No, not with, the, not with Thomas there. Not with Thomas got, there. Yeah. And Ryan O'Reilly and Chen. Ryan O'Reilly. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I think Druin would be the best because you're not getting rid of Anderson. You're not getting rid of Toffoli. You're not getting rid of. Uh, and and they're not adding, they're not adding any more term either because Druin has two years left. So, and five and a half million. They're saving yeah. two and a half two million. million on the cap. Yeah, you're saving about $2 billion on the cap. Uh, And for St. Louis, and this is a big deal, uh, Droy makes five and a half. That's his actual salary. So they would be saving $4 million in actual dollars. That's a big deal. And I just got a new idea for an article I'm going to write now. That's actually my idea, dude. Don't you dare. We'll see who gets there first. (laughs) (laughs) Um. So yeah, so those are a couple of rumors that have popped up in just the last day with Montreal. So I, I expect a ton more. Well, uh, everyone available is going to be rumored to go to Montreal. So let's let's uh, let, after, let's be uh, honest. After Toronto doesn't claim them, let's be honest. Montreal Toronto first, fans, Montreal second. It's always yeah, Montreal exactly. fans are going to be like, oh, Ovechkin's coming, and this guy's coming, and this guy's coming, and that guy's coming, and and Ovechkin did say last year, the year before, in an interview that hey. He, He'd play for Montreal if yeah. he had the chance. So that guarantees you that he's coming to Montreal as a free agent for a hometown discount. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Sounds um, okay. You heard it here first. <laughs> so to move on and then from we this. Can compare, then we can compare him to Spatza. There you go. Perfect. <laughs> so moving on from this, we're going to have a whole episode on free agency and all that coming up in, in the next little while. Um, with Especially with this condensed schedule, which – Matt, you're gonna you're gonna give us the layout of all the dates, yep. uh, but before we do that, I want to just bring up the poll that I put out about overtime goals. So I asked what everyone's favorite overtime goal was through this year's playoffs, being that the Canadians went, you know, played quite a few overtime games. Um, in second place was Anderson's Vegas overtime goal, and most of the comments that I've gotten about that state that when they saw that happen they felt that Montreal was going to the final. So that kind of made them, you know, it, it excited them once it happened. Um, his overtime goal in the finals was a third because, you know, it's in the final, it's at the Bell Center. It's the first uh, Stanley Cup final win for the Canadians in that new building. So that, that was also a big deal. But the one that came in first place was the Lekkonen overtime goal in game six against Vegas, where he took the Canadians to the Stanley cup final for the first time in 28 years. So a lot of, a lot of emotional picks and a lot of historical significance to both, but uh, the Lekkonen goal edged out the Anderson finals goal significantly. It was a 57% to Lekkonen and then the rest kind of fell to Anderson, the last two pieces. So uh, basically everyone was a good, good selection. I mean, my personal favorite was the Kotkaniemi goal in game six against Toronto because they were just completely outplayed. And then Kotkaniemi with one shot changed the entire series. So that's mine. I think it's going to be one of the defensemen. That or Montreal is going to make a move to save some, 
to like huh? maybe for buyer about oh, the expansion. Goals? Oh shit! Sorry, I was I was thinking of something else. <laughs> <laughs> I was totally. I thought, I, I, I I thought, thought the I show rewinded for a second. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I heard Alan, and I, for some reason, expansion <laughs> draft came into my head. Huh? I was just like, uh, okay. I was, I'm, I'm Don't you dye your hair blonde? I'm drinking. Get some, get some of that. Get some of that Kucherov Bud Light in them. Maybe that one. That, maybe that stuff that was made out of overtime, the ice. Overtime, really? Uh, overtime, you know, really? You're drinking that beer that's made out of the ice from the game. Ooh, oh, that's disgusting. I know. Well, right? Yeah, it's Coors Light. What do you expect? <laughs> Not just that it's Coors Light, but it's ah, oh, who wants to drink all that spit, snot, and fucking freaking blood and COVID? And... I would rather drink that than Coors Light. Uh, probably gonna taste better. <laughs> yeah, it is. Well, it is owned by Molson, so this is Molson going. Yeah, mother, <laughs> I'm gonna make y'all sick, motherfuckers. <laughs> Drink some of this, you bastards. Anyway, anyway. So Matt, yeah, you've got uh, you've got the the significant dates for this summer coming up. Yeah. So um, I'll bring up one for today. Obviously, people are gonna be listening to the show. It's eleven o'clock uh, Eastern right now. So in an hour. Um, the uh, Leon Dushwad Riviera are going to bring out their first players. So that's something that we can obviously cover on our next show. I'm guessing um, a 99% francophone. Yeah, more than likely. It was everyone that they've signed lately out of Laval has all <laughs> yeah. been Quebec born, Quebec born, Quebec yeah. born, right? So yeah. expect some people that speak French. Okay. Um, today, July 9th, uh, first buyout period window opens. Uh, July 17th, pr- protection list deadline. For the expansion draft uh the 21st will be the seattle kraken expansion draft so it's all something we're looking forward to um the first round of the draft will be july 23rd montreal's got 11 picks including five in the first three rounds uh rounds two through seven will obviously be the next day on the 24th and for a condensed season and for to start late and the playoff running late, et cetera, et cetera. Free agency only to be four weeks or three weeks after what it would, yeah, four weeks after what it would normally be. That's not too bad. And that starts on July 28th. Now, and there's some, and there are some notable UFAs out there. And, no. um, you know, I'll throw a couple of them out right now. Uh, Gabriel Landeskog, Tyson Berry, David Krejci, Dougie Hamilton, um, Alexander Ovechkin, Taylor Hall, Zach Hyman. Phil Deneau. Phil Deneau, Thomas Tatar, Deneau's et cetera, Pizza et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, right? So um, we, we've got, we're going to have a lot to talk about between now and the end of the month, that's for sure. Now, the uh, the Kraken expansion draft on the t- uh, 21st, what happens is on the 18th, they're going to release publicly the, um, the names for that draft. We're going to see the protection list for all the teams. Uh, something to keep in mind as well, any unrestricted free agents or restricted free agents that have not signed yet uh, who are not protected will then be available to the Kraken in an exclusive negotiation window uh, between the 17th and the, I think it's the 24th. So until the end of the uh, entry draft from the 17th to that point, Seattle can negotiate contracts with them. So if they decide or uh, up to the 21st. So the 17th to 21st, sorry. So if they negotiate with them that they will sign with the Kraken, the Kraken can then select that UFA or unsigned RFA. And that'll count against the teams. That'll count against the team selection. That's right. That's why it's important to note that even though players are not signed yet, 
they're not automatically protected because they're not on the roster. They still remain on the roster. Seattle has a rule where it has to pick a minimum 20 signed players. They have to pick 30 total. So there's, there's a room there for them to pick 10 players that are not signed. Now that could be Phil Deneau. Phil Deneau falls into that category. So does Kotkaniemi. So does uh, Lekkanen. Uh, no, Paling's exempt. So it's any uh, available RFA that's not signed yet or any UFA that has not signed yet. They have that so window. So we could lose Eric Gustafson. That's what you're saying. Yeah, if Seattle's been drinking. Did you see his analytics in the playoffs? This man is a god. I, I, know, I know Seattle's doing a ton for analytics, but they do, they do the eye test. I mean, you, Gustafson and Mete are going to be their top pairing. <laughs> They're both lefties, though. Just look at the – doesn't matter. Just look at the analytics. <laughs> so we're going to do a full episode on just the expansion draft coming up in the, in the next weeks. Uh, we have a full episode coming up for the entry draft. We'll have one for the free agency. So I think, yeah, just some thoughts on this final and what it meant to the fan base. I think we should end on that. So, uh, Treg, I'll, I'll let you go first. Any, uh, give me your thoughts on that. I, you know what? I thought it was a wonderful run. It uh, brought my faith back into the Montreal team. It was exciting. It was nerve-wracking. I mean, you know me. I'm a, I'm a pessimist when it comes to the games and our, and our DMs there. So, uh, and uh, they, you know, it actually did feel like 1993, um, like the like the rap, the updated rap. Uh, um, and uh, so I got excited. I got excited about being a fan again. And uh, especially since the last two years has pretty much been trash. Um, and it's been Habs trashing on Habs fans, trashing on Habs fans. And I was getting tired of it and it's getting hard on it. And this brought everyone together. Like, I mean, you go on Habs Twitter and it wasn't everyone arguing about Weber being not as good as PK or this team being terrible and everyone should get fired. Uh, it was, everyone's excited. Uh, I even jumped on the Dom Ducharme train, even though I wanted him fired at the end of the season. But, uh, you know, and, and it makes me excited for next season. I'm excited for next season because I'm either going to be majorly disappointed or I'm going to be looking at a, a, a team that's on its way to contention. And that's what I think it's going to be. Uh, I don't think they're there yet. I don't think they were a contender that they were in the playoffs, but I don't think they built a contending team this year. They weren't all in. I still think there's lots to do for Montreal to be a annual contender. Uh, but uh, yeah, that's what it meant to me. It just brought me back to when I was a teenager, watching them in 93. And uh, yeah, I can't wait till next year. Made me excited about hockey again. Matt, what about you? For a team to go to the Stanley Cup final and not really give up anything to get there was really an eye-opener for me. Uh, going out there and getting Merrill, Gustafson, and uh, Stahl, they really didn't give up anything. And now you look at the 2021 draft going in with 11 picks when other teams um, gave up first-round picks, gave up second-round picks, gave up prospects, et cetera, that didn't fare as well as Montreal Canadiens. Um, for what it meant to me, though um, – you know, hockey's something that uh, that just you know, I, it's in it's it's a huge part of my life, and I brought it up on our show with uh, with 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 Brian Mudrick, 
about uh, how it's really helped my mental health since the pandemic started. Um, I've got no family in this area. I haven't seen them since uh, Christmas of 2019. So um, to be able to go home and, uh, and watch a game after a long shift, it's something that you look forward to. And uh, to be able to share that experience of uh, a cup run with obviously my favorite team and be able to share that with you guys and share that on the podcast and share that with uh, all these other fans of, 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 of so many different generations and uh, you know, to go to work the next day and to, to hear the chirps after they lose. And then I can throw it right back at them when uh, after they won, especially in the first year, especially in the first round, um, it was something that I'm not going to, that I'm definitely not going to forget. And uh, you know, people can say all they want about, the what ifs, what if the Canadians played an 82 game season? What if they played with uh, their, their uh, respective divisions, et cetera. You know what? You, you say all the what ifs you want, you can apply that to every team this year. It's not just the Montreal Canadians. Um, very uh, excited for the, for the season for next year. I uh, can't wait for October to get here. Can't wait to continue uh, popping out shows with you guys. And uh, I want to say thank you to all of our new followers. Thank you for everyone that's obviously stuck with us. And uh, the fact that uh, our podcast has really um, has really gained a lot of ground with this playoff run, and I and I hope that that can continue. Uh, we have a contest ending soon. I gave away some Funko Pops throughout the playoffs, and I've got some uh, I've got some feelers out there with a couple different organizations for a few more giveaways. So um, stay tuned. There's much more to come from uh, Habs Unfiltered. Yeah, um, obviously the off season is going to be pretty short, uh, way shorter than we're used to. And uh, we're going to have a busy off season on the podcast. But for me, watching the Canadians finally start to be relevant again, especially because of this playoff run, it's they've had a couple of good runs in the past, in the last 15 years, but a, fi- a finals appearance, just, it brings a lot more to the table. So for this run, I mean, I got to, I got, it reminded me in 1986 for myself. I was, I was 10 years old. I'm watching, I'm watching the Canadians, you know, underdogs in every series, just keep winning over and over. And this year I'm, I'm doing the same thing. I'm watching an underdog Canadians win a series after series. And I'm doing it with my 10 year old son sitting next to me. So it it reminded me of when I was his age and then watching him, picking up the couch throw pillows and then hucking them across the room when, when the Canadians give up a goal he didn't like or uh, having them jump up and down wearing his Habs jersey. And uh, it, it just, it, it really kindled a love of hockey in him that he, he had in the undertones, but it hadn't really woken up yet. And seeing it wake up in him, uh, to me, was the biggest part of the whole, of this whole run. And then listening to him give chirps to his grandfather, my father-in-law, who's massive Leaf fan, handing him a gift and saying, here you go, grandpa. It's not too late to switch teams to a real hockey team. Or, you know, just little chirps. Him and his buddies, they're outside playing. They're chirping each other because, you know, one's one's a Leaf fan, another one's a, a Vegas fan. And it was just fun to watch that part. And to me, that's the biggest part of this run. It's it is one new fans into the Canadians family. And that's, that's huge. So looking to the future, I do see 
a path towards this team being a contender. They have all the right pieces in place, the main ones. They just need to graft some on. And we, we talked about it a little bit earlier where Bergevin has made mistakes on that in the past. But I think, I think now there's a bit of a clearer path, especially in a copycat league with Tampa Bay having done what they've done. He sees the pieces that they need and he got to see it directly because they lost to that juggernaut of a team. So I, I'm looking forward to the next five, 10 years with this team because I think it's going to end up being a really special decade for the Canadians. So that's, that, that's my view. Um, so I think we'll end the show there. Um, obviously promo codes unfiltered 20, use them at built bar to save 10%, use them at uh, East coast lifestyle to save 10%. And uh, if you, if you want to buy tickets to concerts, now that things are opening up, uh, other sporting events through the summer, uh, be it baseball, lacrosse, whatever it is, uh, use seatgiant.ca, use Unfilter 20 and save 35% off your fees. Uh, that's a significant savings. So again, I want to thank everybody for listening. I want to thank all our new listeners for jumping in and um, interacting with us. Even, even the ones that hate follow us. Thank you. Um, and uh, remember, if you were talking about it, so are we. Do you have a problem getting big city slams? Are you not getting the gains at the gym? Well, don't mortgage your future on rental supplements. Get Bergie Arms. Bergie Arms will get you the gains you need. Bergie Arms gets rid of all the bad attitude and builds better character so you can get the gains you need. Get Bergie Arms. Bergie Arms. Bergie Arms. Today. Not a real project, mate. May make you trade your favorite player for a mountain man. Do not use, if you're healthy, if you want it loyalty, buy a dog. to make the most out of this life and optimize your personal wellness then check out the natural man podcast join me host mike c as we explore all areas of human wellness physical mental and emotional learn strategies to optimize your own well-being and be in the driver's seat of your own health remember your doctor works for you learn biohacks neurohacks ways to improve sleep and ways to optimize your body and your mind. Check us out on Apple, Spotify, the Fountain app, and at naturalmanpodcast.com. Do, did, will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Crier Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. 
Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Crier Media Network.